0: Next on the College Rugby Wrap-Up, wild results in the College Rugby Association of America semifinals, women's and men's. We've got analysis and predictions for the championships. Plus, the Schultz and Sorison Awards finalists. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig & Whistle, the world's best rugby pump. And Lean and & Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Everybody and welcome back to the college rugby wrap up. I'm Matt McCarthy in New York City. Thank you for joining us. And the us is rounded out by Mr. Zach Lanning, Mr. Colby Marshall, and Mr. Josh Recio. Gentlemen, we have a lot to talk about in the D1A setup specifically, but let's go women first, ladies first. And Zach, fill us in on what's happening. In the championship round for women's rugby.
1: Third thing, guys, so this actually does make sense. Uh, The games this Saturday are going to start with the Women's D1 Championship at 3 o'clock on April 30th. You can watch on the Rugby Network. Uh, All the games this weekend are going to be at Aviva Stadium in Houston, a great facility there, which we saw for some of the All Star games for NCR earlier. Uh, But to just do a brief recap of the D1 Championship setup uh, from then till now, how we got to here. Uh, not many surprises in the tournament at all. Our perennial favorites, BYU, who we all love this season, uh, cruised through their their bracket in the West. Uh, you know, that they beat um, a few teams uh, on their side of the bracket by plenty of points, 80 to three over University of Washington, and then 67 to three over Grand Canyon. Uh, the East was a little bit less predictable, uh, Although we, we all called it with Virginia, who actually came out on top uh, after beating Virginia Tech uh, in the final or the semifinal on the east side of things. But plot twist, guys, Virginia actually pulled out of contention. Uh, they're not going to go travel to Houston for that championship. Uh, they are going to instead they instead actually went to Ireland on tour. Uh, so they didn't have the funds this year to cover the cost. So Virginia Tech has agreed to step up and take their place. Although I did see recently that Virginia Tech was also asking for some help with, uh, with covering the costs. They're looking for about $10,000 uh, to get themselves to Houston for this game. So who knows who's going to play BYU at this point, guys. Um, but, you know, BYU is ready, I'm sure, to take on anybody who comes their way.
0: So I'm going to go with BYU, even if they're not playing against anybody. But Colby, what do you think?
2: Well, I think this is a great opportunity for uh, a Virginia Tech team uh, that, frankly, isn't supposed to be here. But with that being said, BYU, this is their championship, in my opinion, to win. So I don't, I don't see them losing this game. Josh, BYU, all the way. You've been, you've been adamant about that the entire year. Yeah. And Zach,
1: you got, you got a little
0: something for Virginia Tech,
1: perhaps? Zach, I thought Colby might have. I was, I was gonna say that he, he's uh, taken a few of the upsets this year, so I thought maybe he'd go with the the Hokies on this one. But uh, I, I'm also gonna pick BYU um, again. Yeah, I think. You know, kudos to Virginia Tech for for stepping up here to to play in this match. But, you know, I wanted to mention also, we've been talking about why isn't BYU playing in the D1 Elite? Why are they playing in D1 here when they're just kind of slaughtering these teams? Um, And, you know, I I found out an answer for that just to, you know, briefly get into some explanation here, some background. BYU was actually invited to play in the D1 Elite Championship, which we'll get into a little bit next. Uh, They were supposed to play last year as well. And they had organized a sort of play-in tournament between uh, the fifth and the sixth seeds, or the fourth and the fifth seeds, uh, out of those four teams. Uh, so, but they didn't have to play it because it got canceled, unfortunately, due to COVID. So this year, BYU backed out, and I spoke to their head coach Tom Waka, about why that was the case, and he just let me know that BYU they find themselves a little bit more closely related to these uh, uh, D1 teams as an extramural team themselves. They don't have scholarships. They don't have, you know, uh, slots for, for players on the rugby team. They don't have the same school support that some of these D1 Elite programs have. Uh, so, you know, they don't feel that they are able to compete uh, with these D1 Elite programs on a year-to-year basis. Uh, they, you know, they also lose players to church missions every year. Uh, so they just wanted to let, you know, we know Coach Waka wanted to let us know that, you know, that they, they appreciate the invite, but they just feel like they are better suited here. Uh, They don't play any sevens either. They played 16, uh, 15s matches this year, which is probably why they're so good. Uh, But yeah, long story short, I I think they cruise with this one in Houston.
0: You know, we got to get to the point in college rugby where if you're making a semifinal or a final, you don't have to worry about the finances. You should be invited and paid. And I know that's not a reality right now, or your trip should be paid for. Uh, I know it's not a reality right now, but we got to get there. And one way we would get there was if we had a unified front on the college landscape, but I'm not, that's not, we're not getting into that right now because we don't have time. What else on the women's front Zach? So we
1: have that uh, aforementioned D one elite championship this weekend as well. The next game after the D one championship it is between life at Lindenwood, no surprises at all on that front. I think we all picked both of those teams to be in the championship. They didn't allow a point, either of them uh, in their matches against central Washington and Penn state respectively. So it's going to be a clash of the Titans again here. Uh, coming up on the D1 Elite Final. And these programs really are, you know, the best of the best. They play women's premier league teams, something that BYU mentioned that they're not allowed to do during the year. But, you know, they they really are the the cream of the crop when it comes to women's rugby in this country. Um, I think it's going to be a treat to see them, them play each other uh, when they get together here in Houston.
0: It seems like you're the smarty pants in this category. So why don't you go first with the picks?
1: Yeah, I, I think that it's going to be Lindenwood, guys. I, I don't really see. You know, I've talked about how life has had a great season so far this year. They're a really deep team. Uh, they have destroyed entire state's worth of rugby programs uh, throughout the spring season, especially, but Lindenwood just keeps rolling. They have, as you'll hear later from Colby, you know, several M.A. Sorensen award nominees who are actually young players. They're not all juniors and seniors. So there may be no end in sight for this, this dominance uh, from Lindenwood. They're just, they're just a, a machine. And I, I think they, they take this one as well. So yeah, Lindenwood all the way over life. Colby
0: life's um, third string fullbacks, brothers, Dog walker's friend <laughs> went to Iona. You think you're going to find it in your heart to pick Iona in this one? I mean Lindenwood. I mean life. So
2: I want to touch on something that Zach mentioned. They have multiple Sorensen Award finalists. I counted only one on that list. They so they had a few that were
1: in the initial running. You're right. I apologize. Uh, they have one, but one who made the final cut. So that's
2: cancer
0: in the clubhouse, guy. <laughs> what are you throwing your teammate under the bus here? What is that? <laughs>
2: Well, I only brought it up because I wanted to mention that Life uh, oh. also has an, a Sorensen word finalist. And that's a hair Hamden. And that's part of the reason why I think Life is going to win this game. Um, I like the upset here. I think they're going to knock off Lindwood led by their senior hooker in Hamden. And I'm going with... All right. Okay.
0: He's nutsy cuckoo, isn't he, Josh? I think life needs to send him some gear.
3: You got to yeah. get him on the show, just wearing life gear. You might, you might as well think he's sponsored at this point. Um, you know, they're both great teams, but you know, as Zach was saying, Lindenwood is just stacked. And the fact that they're young, I'm going with Lindenwood. I think they'll, they'll cruise with the win.
0: I'm going to say Lindenwood women win for the men. Cause the men had a tough one uh, on, on Friday night up at West point, but we've got to take a quick break. Before we get to the College Rugby Association of America's D1A Men's Finals, where we got Cal versus Life. Oh, what's that? Oh, no, we don't. We have two different schools, but we'll get to that in a minute. We'll be right back.
1: Need a great price on a new vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. Easy Price shows you our lowest prices on the Mid-Atlantic's largest selection. Find your best price online or at any of our 31 dealerships.
0: It's easy at If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle on West 36th Street. And we are back. Matt McCarthy, Colby Marshall, Zach Lanning, and Josh Recio. And Josh, we have to talk about the CRAAD1A men's side. So why don't you take us through what happened out
3: west? Well, St. Mary's finally did it. Uh, I think we've watched, I feel like I've watched so many times where St. Mary's plays Cal and Cal wins on the last second try. So for St. Mary's to come out in this game and to just lay the hammer from the beginning, uh, a 28 to 5 lead at half is huge. Unheard of against a Cal team that has just been dominating uh, everyone that they have faced almost. And um, Eddie King had a hat trick for the game. And I don't want to brag, but, uh, you know, we had talked and we wanted to make sure that Carl Keane was going to have a good game. We said that was going to be an important thing. He was 100% on his conversion. So kudos to him for kind of carrying his team. There was only one missed
0: conversion on the whole day. Yeah, but Josh, I got to interrupt you here because you, you're using we. You're the man. You said it. You're being humble right now. Take a bow. And while we're at it, while I'm complimenting you, I'll compliment myself because you and I are the only two that picked the we picked uh, St. Mary's, so, yeah.
3: That, that is true. That is true. I mean, you know, we, we said it before with BYU how hard it is for a team um, to lose to a team three times, and I think St. Mary's has had so much heart in this game. The fans that come out for this game is unbelievable, especially, you know, for it being in Cal's home turf. You know, St. Mary's fans travel well, and they really pour their heart out in this team, and it's really great to see them back in the finals now. Uh, the final score, again, was 35-26. to 26. And, you know, St. Mary's now is going to go to the finals for the first time since 2017 when they won against life. So, you know, they're going to go back, but they're going to go back uh, ready to bring home another championship.
0: You no, know, it, t- it was a tale of two halves. And Zach, how much does Josh talking about a Northern California
1: team remind you of Colby talking about Iona? You know, it is uh, eerily similar, uh, but I will say that Josh has also been right all, all season with the, the cow Slander. This team was not ready for the big time. You know, they beat up on a lot of smaller opponents and they met St. Mary's in the semifinal. And I texted this in our group chat, but they basically got punched in the mouth from the opening whistle. I I have never seen anything like it. You know, we talked about it, how St. Mary's had to scratch and claw for a lot of victories this year. And it looks like that paid off at the end here. And they played their best game of rugby at the absolute best time. So, yeah, kudos to St. Mary for just out physically a Cal team that had not seen, I don't think, that level of competition at all this season. And that may be something we have to look for for these Cal teams going forward. Um, But, yeah, just an absolute domination uh, by, by St. Mary's in this one.
0: Well, not in the second half. Second half was all Cal for the most part. And, you know, Colby, you played for some good Iona teams. Did you ever have a big lead like that? Or, uh, or were you on the other side of that where you almost came back and won or you almost blew it?
2: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of when St. Bonaventure kind of kicked our ass in 2019. They dominated us in the second half, um, but we scored a couple of late tries that make the score 33 to 22, you know, made, made it seem a little closer than what it really was. So that's what uh this game kind of reminds me of wow a humble colby marshall about the iona gales
0: the other gales no less lose and not the gales that we're talking about here amazing amazing and let's go out east now fellas for the eastern semifinal between army and lindenwood yours truly had the privilege of calling that game up at west point army basically dominated the first half but only had a relatively narrow lead After that dominance in the first half, I think it was 14-3 at halftime. And then Lindenwood was down a man, opening up the second half. Army scores right out of the gate. So it looked like they were left for dead. They come roaring back. Army then gets a yellow card. They have to finish the last 10 minutes of the game with a man in the bin. They play heroic defense, and it was a knock on getting close to that try line that cost Lindenwood the championship. An unbelievable game, unbelievable atmosphere, and you got to tip your cap to both of the org- both organizations. But Army held on. Yeah, Matt. I mean, you know, I I have to admit,
3: I've been on the Lindenwood train. I think in the East for a while throughout these playoffs and throughout the year. Um, but it's it's amazing that you got to go see that game at West Point. It's a it's a venue that I've always wanted to watch a game. And it's amazing to also see how army a team who was playing in both the fall and the spring was just able to carry such dominance throughout an entire season. Um, that's really demanding on the players. So kudos to them for sticking together and beating a really strong Lindenwood team, a team that I really thought was probably the best team in the country. So now army has that title going in, uh, to a finals matchup where, you know,
0: they're probably the favorites to win. Well, the MVP, or the, the, the player of the match, I should say, Koi Koi Nelligan, uh, who is you, you got to check out the interview that uh, we have with Josh Macy and Sher, Mike, uh, Matt Sherman post-match. And then we got uh, Chance Wengluski interviewed him on the pitch, and that's on the Rugby I'm Network. You guy. can see that. But he's all emotional. It was his last you, game going? at Army because he's graduating. But he said, you know, really we get to play against the number two team in the nation – every week, every day, because he was referring to their depth. And that's, that's why they were so good for this entire campaign. And this entire campaign is the two, two seasons, right? So unbelievable, unbelievable result. And what, what depth, and especially if they were defending a man down against a now fully firing front row, uh, oh, an all international front row of Lindenwood.
2: Yeah, Matt, you touched on Quikoy Nelligan. He's a guy that I thought needed to have a big game for army to win. And I I think he did. I think he was a big part in their victory and credit to Matt Sherman and his boys. They came ready to play and they got it done. Zach. Yeah. It's, it's like you said, I mean, I don't really see a weakness in this army
1: side. The depth you mentioned is incredible. Their fitness level, incredible. They're technically sound, um, you know, and so they, they probably, yeah, took on a team in Lindenwood that was the biggest threat outside of possibly in the championship. Now they'll see a St. Mary's side that, it may be tough to beat, but I, I think Lindenwood was their biggest threat in this one, uh, and they they came out on top, and I think they are, you know, this is their year. It feels very much like their year uh, where kind of things are going their way, um, and, and they just have everything coming together at the right time. So it was a great game to watch. I think you play that game 10 times, uh, maybe Army wins five or six of those matchups, but they've won the two that mattered here. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll look forward to the championship.
0: All right, fellas, we got to pick this one now. That's why we get the big bucks. Who wants to go first? Okay, Colby.
2: I like St. Mary's in this one. You know, Tim O'Brien's team, they came ready to play against Cal. They put up 20 points in that first half. I think they have too much firepower right now. I think they're playing some good rugby, and I I like them to beat Army. I like the Gales.
0: Josh, let me ask you a question before you make your pick. Mm -hmm. Who would you choose if it was Cal versus Army? I would have taken Army.
3: Really? Yeah. You know, it's it's funny that you 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 open it up to me like that. You know, Tim O'Brien calls his his Gales a band of misfits after the Cal game. But after I watched the Lindenwood Army game, you look at a team and I think Zach said it perfectly. That is just so sound technically that I really think that they carry some characteristics that Cal wasn't able to show in that semifinal matchup. And uh, even though it is St. Mary's, I still feel like Army is going to be the team to go away with the win. It's their first time in the finals, um, you know, which is great for a team that really has always been, you know, near the top of the rugby uh, of the rugby world in the country. So I'm picking Army. I think it's going to be close, but you know, I think it'll be them.
1: Zach. So I have to agree with Josh on this one. I think. You know, the Cal St. Mary's game, Cal had a couple of things go wrong for them in the beginning of the game as well, uh, which enabled St. Mary's. That Sam Gala yellow card early really hurt Cal. I think he's kind of the heart and soul of that team in a lot of ways, does a lot of the dirty work uh, for Cal. So, and then they had never had to experience that come from behind victory, you know, uh, necess- necessities throughout their season. You've seen this Army team get hit in the face, get punched to the mouth by teams throughout the season so far. I mean, life gave them a hard time. Earlier in, the, in this championship tournament, Lindenwood, obviously a tough go. So even if St. Mary's were to come out to an early lead here, I don't think Army's going to surrender that same, you know, style of, of, of uh, the same amount of points that you saw Cal give up and then not be able to claw their way back. Uh, I think Army's just too dominant. They've been, they've seen it all. They played a bunch of 15s games this year. Um, and so they, I think they're going to come away uh, with the championship.
0: And they've got some real leaders on that squad, Army does, uh, it's a tough one for me to pick. My my dad was a retired lieutenant colonel from the army. Um, Tim O'Brien, what's not to like about the St. Mary's Gales and their style and the fact that they've got these guys from all over the place that just come there without scholarships, and that's just such a great program. Uh, I think I got to stay local. I think I'm going to go with Army in this one, and, and I think it's because they are a physical team, but they're also a, a unit, they are really bound together these guys and i'm not saying St mary's isn't I just i'm not as familiar with St mary's as I am with army. And they were just so impressive and relentless on Defense and especially when it got down to the wire and under the mo- under more pressure of being a man down that's when they really played ferocious Defense. And it was just something to watch and something to behold.
1: It's tough to uh, out camaraderie or be tighter knit than a a literal military outfit. Uh,
2: So I think that helps them in the grand scheme of things as well. I'll tell you what helps St. Mary's is the experience of the Tim O'Brien side, who's been in this situation before coaching in a championship, coaching in a final. And you mentioned, Matt, that, you know, Matt Sherman hasn't been in this position. So. That's just another reason why I'm going with the Gales.
0: And just one final point. Lindenwood coach Josh Macy post-match said about Cal that they play with a physicality, whereas St. Mary's plays between the ears. So it's like brawn versus brains. And I think there's an element of that with Army versus St. Mary's, maybe a brawn versus brain, but it's also depth added to that. And I'm not saying Cal doesn't have depth. I'm not doing that. But I think maybe... There's some more cerebral stuff going on on the pitch with army because they are a five-year school to begin with right so i don't know i'm grasping at straws here but we got to take a quick break and we'll come back with the schultz and sorison awards with colby and final thoughts after this i've been blind since i was four and i've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label none of that stuff influences me i drink beer because of the taste and my beer's Paps Blue Ribbon. It has a taste on the flavor.
2: What do you think's on the label?
0: I think there's a, a naked woman, riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. We're back. And, Colby, you're going to walk us through the Schultz and Sorensen Awards.
2: Yeah, we got a couple of names to highlight for the Schultz Award finalists. We got Sam Gallup from Cal, who we talked about a little bit, the fifth-year lock. Lucas LeCamp from UCLA, uh, junior center. Joe Marchant from St. Mary's, uh, senior forward. And Larry Williams, Jr. from Army, uh, rounding out the Schultz Award finalists list.
0: Larry Williams is a beast at prop. And he played an unbelievable match against Lindenwood. And, but you got to holla for Gala, don't you? Come on, guys. I mean.
1: He has to win now, I think. Uh, nobody has a better campaign slogan. Holla for does. Gala. Josh, does that pain you to the, no extent? <laughs> no,
3: no, it doesn't. Uh, you know, I, I used to have a thought process where you had to be in the finals to get player of the year. But I just want to throw it out there to Sam Gala. I mean. Even though Cal didn't make it to the finals, this this is probably one of the best Cal teams I've ever watched. And for, you know, for him to be a fifth year player on this team and leading the charge
1: there, he he really is well deserving, in my opinion, of player of the year. So he's got my pick. Mm. You saw the impact he had when he went out of that game with the yellow card. I mean, they just weren't the same squad. Um, And that's that's how you quantify these types of awards. You know, if you remove player X from the equation, does everything fall apart? And it really did seem like that case is the case for Cal with, uh, with Sam. So, exactly.
0: Colby, I know you're going to have a different opinion here.
2: Well, you know, I, I was curious are we taking into account the playoffs when we're talking about this, this type of award? Or are we just. Well, know? we
0: can do whatever the heck we want. This is our show. <laughs> so, we're going to say, yeah, you could take the playoffs into account if you want.
2: I think, regardless, I'm going with Lucas LeCamp. If if it was up to me, you know, he's the only back in this group at six foot uh, buck 90. I think he's a guy that can play anywhere in the back line. And uh, he had a great year, obviously. So I'm going with Lucas LeCamp.
1: I was going to say LeCamp is the champ is also a great campaign slogan. And if we're taking exterior external factors into account, he has looked amazing. Uh, I think he played some sevens with HSBC, sevens tournament with the USA and was a huge, uh, huge boost for them. So yeah, maybe he was a close runner up.
0: Yeah, but he gets to play at UCLA, and he's living in L- in that LA lifestyle. So he can't have everything go his way, right? You can't win everything in life, everybody. And he's a I, six,
2: he's a six foot one ninety center. All like, right, what he's, he's as blue collar as it gets. Whatevs. What Whatevs. What he's no, he's it, University of Buffalo is as blue collar as it
0: gets. Okay. All right, and now we got to go to the Sorensen side for the ladies, Colby.
2: Yeah, a couple of names to highlight on the women's front for the Sorensen Award finalists. We got Sahir Hamdan from Life University, Itai Hungentau from Lindenwood, Idia Keen from Dartmouth, Caitlin Swarting from West Point, and Sarah Skinner from the U.S. Naval Academy.
0: All good choices, all good
1: selections. Who wants to go first? I could say, you
2: know, I have my thoughts on
1: this. Um, so here I, I spoke with during one of the high school kind of USA Eagles roundtables we did for some of the girls teams in New Jersey. Um, she played some time with the USA Eagles this year. You know, she is uh, was a contributor to, to that team when they did their fall tour. Um, she's had a great year as well and been a great leader at life. So, you know, I, I, would definitely go with her. The one intriguing name to me is, uh, India I thought that Emily Heinrich from Dartmouth, uh, may have made the cut here. I, she was my vote on the thing, but uh, idea idea had a great season as well. I mean, she was a, another longtime starter at Dartmouth played eight for them. And was, it was a huge factor in a lot of their wins. So I could see her getting the nod as well, but I, I think Sahir is going to take this one.
0: Life is just so dominant of a team too. What, what are you looking at Josh?
1: Well, you know, I just want to say kudos to Zach
3: for, you know, all the women's covering that we've had all year. It's been top notch. Just all the stats he's been able to come up with, all the players that he's been able to connect. With. I mean, we got to give him a little round of applause. With that, I have to trust his pick. So I'm going to take Sahir. And uh, again, kudos to Zach for just such great coverage of the women's for uh, for these last couple of seasons. Okay. You make me tear up. We get getting misty eyed. What about you, Colby?
2: Yeah, that, uh, echoing what Josh was saying, kudos to Zach for all the great coverage. And uh, I got to agree with you guys. Uh, Saheer Hamden, I think, uh, is the deserving winner, you know, leading life to the championship and all that she's done this year. I, I think she should take it home.
0: I'm going with a different route, and it's because she had a great season, but also because she gets her name butchered probably every 30 seconds. I'm going to say Adia Hensakine. All right, well done, fellas. Now we have final thoughts. Let's start off with Josh. We're
3: finally getting to the end of 15s. You know, no matter the acronym, no matter what league, you know, the CRAA is finishing it up for us. It's going to be a great matchup. We can't forget also that we have seven. So, you know, we can't be thinking that this show is just going to fall off the radar. So we have plenty of sevens matchups to finish the year. And some of these teams that just played in the playoffs for 15s are going to be doing it right away for seven. So more coverage to come. Colby.
2: The gals are going dancing. Iona's going to the CRCs. You heard it here. New Orleans bound. We're taking it home. Go Gales. Go Gales,
0: says Colby. What about you, Zach?
2: Now, I'm so interested
1: to see this turnaround for some of these top tier programs. You know, uh, a lot of them have already qualified for some of these tournaments. I can't wait to watch both of them at the, toward, you know in May, towards the end of May. Uh, but on the women's side, I don't think it matters at all because Lindenwood's going to win that too. They win everything. So they're re- defending champs on the seventh side as well. Um, but just to, you know, respond to what you guys said earlier too. kudos to you guys as well for, for you know, I think all of us have uh, come together and provided uh, uh, some great coverage of the college landscape uh, where it may be lacking in, in some spots. So I think we're going to only get stronger from here uh, and, and keep kind of, you know, keep bringing attention to what we, you know, the game that we all love at the, at the, the level that we all love to watch it.
0: Here's, here's a final thought. How angry is that Cal program going to be and when they're playing sevens now that they've lost and they've got this extra weekend to prepare for whichever acronym sevens championship they're going to be playing in? It doesn't matter. I feel for their opposition. Let me tell you that. Okay. On that note, thank you, gentlemen, for another stellar uh, segment of the College Rugby Wrap-Up. And thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including our major league rugby highlights and preview show and the rugby odds and also sign up for our weekly newsletter hit that subscribe button on youtube and please 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 join our american red cross blood donor team go ub